You are watching the Notre Dame Recruiting Update. My name is Trey Yannity, joined as always by Mike Singer. Great to be back with you, Mike, as we begin to wrap up the month of September now. A lot to talk about again. Notre Dame, back in the win column for another week here. Excited to you know break down the weekend of recruiting and, and everything else going on. Excited to hear about how your week is going now, the off week. You to take a breath and uh, relax a little bit as Notre Dame, uh, like I said, gets back in the win column. And guys, as you get back with us on this show, be sure to hit the like button. And be sure to subscribe to our channel. If you want to get in the comments today, you have to be a subscriber. We have a tight-knit family here within this Notre Dame blue and gold family. So be sure to join us, subscribe to the channel, and get in the comments. Let us know what you think. We're going to take questions at the end of the show as well. All your thoughts on recruiting. So get those questions in, guys. We want to hear from you on this show. But, Mike, as we get it started tonight, how's your week going? And, you know, what were your thoughts on Notre Dame's win? Another big one there in Chapel Hill. Week's been flying by. Glad it's Thursday. Hope that everyone on that west coast of Florida is, is doing well. Um, I, I'm, I'm like lived a lot of time in the Clearwater, Florida area, so um, very familiar with all the areas that have just been really hit uh, by that storm. So just hoping that everyone is is good and safe there. Um, I'm I'm kind of pumped up after that little intro you put together, Trey. I feel like I'm going to let people down because I'm not going to be able to answer on that hype from that intro. But uh, yeah, everything's good. Good calm bye week. Excited to you know talk some Notre Dame recruiting because I would say for the past couple of months things have been a little bit on the slower side of things just in terms of headlines. But it was interesting uh, last night. You know. Just, Finally, going to be able to go to bed early, and uh, then you get hit with some, uh, you know, a couple new offers in the 2023 class, which has been a while since Notre Dame's offered a new player in 23. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely some good stuff to talk about, Trey. Yeah, no doubt about it. And maybe the week started slow, like you said, Mike, but of course, the last 24 hours, it's been a pretty steady workflow here as Brandon Hillman, Kyron Jones both get offers in the 2023 class. People are really talented players here, an athlete, as Brandon Hillman is listed there, out of Portsmouth, Virginia, and Kyron Jones, the running back out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Talk about these offers a little bit and, you know, kind of want to get the backstory on these guys as well as we get into it here. But, you know, what do these offers mean for the rest of this 2023 class? Well, the Brandon Hillman one is fascinating. So he picked up an offer from the in-state school, North Folk State. In June. So that's his first scholarship offer going into his senior season. So you're thinking at that point, if you're Brandon Hillman, yeah, might this this might be pretty much it. <laughs> like just, you know, maybe get a couple more FCS offers, group of five, maybe. And then he picks up um Virginia Tech just a couple days ago. It's like, oh no, I'm a power five prospect. And then on Thursday, he picked up like six new offers. Virginia, West Virginia, uh, Kentucky, I believe, Notre Dame, and so now you're going from, you know, an unknown commodity to a national prospect, really. I mean, when Notre Dame offers you, that, that's, that's a big deal. So listed as an athlete, excuse me, listed as a quarterback by on three, um, but he's an athlete all the way for Notre Dame. They are recruiting him as such. Um, I mean, could be a Wildcat quarterback, you know, you could see him in that kind of mold, but Running back, receiver, corner, safety, like he is a fantastic athlete. So, I mean, when he's a high school quarterback, I mean, you're not getting film at running back and receiver and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think it kind of took a little while for some of these schools to um, 
you know, to, to find them here, but now they have, and um, I, I'm only expecting his recruitment to blow up more. So definitely an important and a player to keep an eye on. I mean, check, check your clock and like when Notre Dame is like set this guy up with an official visit. Like it just depends on what time of the day it is. Cause I'm told it's, it's very close to, for Notre Dame, you know, to, to get this young man on campus. The next home game is Stanford, October 15th. Of course, the Irish are idle this weekend. They go uh, play BYU in Vegas on the 7th. Um, so then, um, yeah, the Stanford weekend shaping up to be a pretty big one. Um, so, yeah, Hillman's really just an athlete offer. Um, you know, no specific position just yet. And then um, talking about um, – why is the young man's name escaping me? Jones. Is it, is it Kyron? Is it Kyron, Kyron Jones? Jones? Yep. Yeah. So Notre Dame just offered him a couple minutes after, you know, they offered Hillman and he's Jones is just more of a, a running back. Um, so listed at six foot, 193 pounds on three recruiting prediction machines, leaning towards NC state um, and in state school. Um, Jones is from um, Charlotte Christian high school. Um, but Notre Dame entering this one, I think, is is going to make an impact and had an update. I, definitely go to bloomgold.com. I wrote an article called Lucky Charms, you know, detailing these latest offers as well. So you can get more of the scoop there. But Jones is someone who you're going to keep want to keep a close eye on moving forward. And just running back recruiting in general, Trey, is going to be really interesting for the Irish because they have Dylan Edwards committed, who's the speedster from Kansas. They have Jaden Lamar committed, who's that true running back. He's from Washington. They're after Jeremiah Love, who we talk about all the time, the running back from St. Louis, Christian Brothers. And, and, you know, then they offer Hillman, who could play running back at Notre Dame. Um, and, and now they're offering Jones, who is is certainly a running back offer. So, yeah, it's like, man, does Notre Dame want to take like five running backs in this class? And the answer is no. Uh, but, you know, you definitely have to understand that you know, a couple of these guys are not your traditional, just true running back offers. You know, Notre Dame is, like I said, looking at Hillman for, for multiple spots. Dylan Edwards is a running back slash receiver. He's really just an offensive weapon. Um, and, you know, there's reports now that Jaden Lamar, the running back from Washington, is you know, visiting some other schools this um, fall. So, you know, if you're Notre Dame, you know, you have to avoid what the Irish had happen at receiver last cycle when Notre Dame had three big-time commitments. You know, you had Tobias Merriweather. You had C.J. Williams, Amarion Walker. All these guys are all Americans. And then what happened, you had C.J. flip and then Tobias, excuse me, Tobias stuck, uh, Amarion flipped, and then you're just signing one receiver. So, I just would urge Notre Dame fans don't get upset about Notre Dame offering, you know, some of these players, you know, because you would, would you rather have them have these kind of plans and and for the lack of a better term, plan B kind of players, or would you rather them just, you know, get screwed at the altar here? So Notre Dame, um, you know, is being proactive here. Yeah, I like the approach. You can never have too many running backs. But let's focus on Brandon Hillman a little bit more here. This guy, like you said, didn't have very many glamorous offers. Virginia Tech coming on late, Virginia as well. Now Notre Dame, what's this process like for him? You know, in your opinion, where's his mindset at now? Obviously, when things happen this quickly, you know, you, you can never really tell exactly where a player like that is mentally. 
Yeah, I'm sure since he's just blowing up, he's probably looking up where Notre Dame's out on a map, Trey. I mean, he's really just learning about these schools. I, I can't imagine that a bunch of them have been in contact with him for a while. I'm sure it's just been a whirlwind um, of you know these new schools reaching out. So I'm sure if, if I'm him, I'm wanting to see, heck, does Alabama offer? Like, does Clemson – like, who all is going to offer me? Like, just how big – you know, can I get it? But if I'm Notre Dame, I'm thinking I want to get this young man on campus as soon as possible. And if it, like if they want to lock him up, you know, you get him on campus, you know, for that Stanford game um, and, uh, you know, try to close that um, that one as much possible as soon as possible. It's kind of like Tayshawn Lyons. He's starting to blow up the receiver. We talk, I know we talked about a lot about in our show last week, um, you know, that that pass catcher from Northern California. He's starting to blow up too. So Notre Dame's wanting to just, you know, if you're the leader for a young man, you want him to decide as soon as possible. Well, why? Because you're the leader. And, and then if he commits, you're you're going to get him. So um, that's kind of the thought process with Lions. And, you know, if Notre Dame is looking good in Hillman's recruitment, um, then, you know, you, you would hope that, you know, he, he's decides sooner than later and before more schools get involved. So, um, yeah, Trey, definitely an intriguing offer. And then a guy like me who is just, you know, recruiting nut, you know, and I, I've written a ton about like the remaining spots on the board. Like, okay, you've got a, um, a, a tackle to replace Elijah Page, a Viper, you got the running back spot, you know. But it's like, where does Brandon Hillman fit in? Athlete doesn't really fit a specific criteria. So I really think it's just a matter, Trey, of, of Notre Dame being aggressive, seeing a darn good player who can make an impact for him, and you, you just take him. And, um, you know, you might make you uncomfortable or uneasy with the scholarship numbers, but it's, it's worth it if you get a really darn good player. No question about it. And, you know, like you said, Hillman has come pretty much out of nowhere here in this last stretch. How does that affect the rest of the class? Guys that have been committed for a while, guys that have been, you know, in the spotlight for a long time. All of a sudden, a guy like Brandon Hillman comes along. And, you know, maybe a guy like Kyron Jones really loading up the running back room of this class. You know, how do you feel as a as a longtime commitment at Notre Dame? And, you know, what is this class going to look like now that we really approach that early signing period uh, window here? Well, I, th well, I think for Hillman if I'm a Notre Dame commit, I don't even know what position he is. So I don't even know if it affects me. So I'm not, I, I wouldn't be too worried about that one. Um, but for the Jones one, because he's a running back, you know, I think if you're Notre Dame, these are just conversations you have to have with Dylan Edwards and Jade Lamar and say, this is exactly the situation on the board for Edwards. You are an athlete just like Hillman is, you know, like you, we don't see you playing. Um, and when I say we, I'm like speaking as if I were a Notre Dame coach, it's like, we don't see you playing defense, but like you are an offensive athlete slot you know uh running back you know jet sweeps all these different kind of things um so then but lamar like i said earlier he's visiting other schools so if i know their name i'm saying you know you're our lone running back again true running back commitment we want to we're not sure if we're getting jeremiah love you're visiting other schools so we can't even be a hundred percent confident that you're coming so we have to offer new players um so I think it's a diligent approach by Notre Dame. Uh, and I would love to be a fly on the wall for some of those phone calls. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, the running backs in this class shake out there because definitely some some guys still up in the air here. But a couple of exciting players there, Kyron Jones out of Charlotte and Brandon Hillman there out of Virginia. Going to keep an eye on them as we move forward here into October. And want to break down another 
a decommitment this time. Elijah Page decommitting. What's the news here? And, you know, what was your first thoughts as you saw this? And really, what is next now for Elijah Page? First thought was what? Elijah Page? I mean, I just interviewed him um, the last week of August. You know, a lot of these players, after they've been committed for, you know, six to, you know, eight weeks or so, I want to, you know, catch up with them. Get a, I usually will title the article, you know, X player, you know, reflects on Notre Dame commitment. Um, you know, how are you feeling about the commitment, you know, in this committed life? How is it treating you? Do you still hear from other schools? What's the contact look like with Notre Dame since you committed? Paige had all the right things. Um, he did mention, you know, uh, he, you know, USC's you know, hitting him up, but he said he wasn't really talking to him. Um, and that he felt great about his decision. Um, I know our on three USC website was reporting um, that, you know, USC is wanting to flip page, but that's, it's, it's a pretty normal thing. If you have really good players that other schools want to flip them. So I didn't think too much of it. Um, and then, you know, get the, you know, the, the, the Intel that he was going to come decommit from Notre Dame that same day that I received the call. And it's like, Oh, you just didn't see it coming. So, you know, I think there's, you know, a handful of things that kind of went into effect. One, if you look at the um, on three consensus rankings, um, I think Notre Dame's two other tackle commitments. So you have Charles Jagusaw as the number four tackle in the country, I believe, and and Sullivan Absher is about thirteen. You pages, you know, in, in twenty seven, I believe. So it's like you are. I'm sure if I'm USC, I'm saying you're the. Like you're the number three tackle, you don't probably say it in those words because you don't want him to think he's not any good. But I'm sure that's got to be a negative recruiting pitch of look at all these other tackles they're bringing and look at their offensive tackle depth with Joe Walt and Blake Fisher, the bookend tackles, and they're both sophomores. So there's you know I'm sure there's some negative recruiting as well as Phoenix to LA. I've never made that flight, but I gotta imagine that's a cheap and easy flight. Whereas Phoenix to South Bend is not as easy, you know, so you're, you're taking the connecting flight in Chicago. Um, maybe Phoenix does go to direct to South Bend. I have a hard time seeing that, but maybe it does. I'm sure that's an expensive one though. So there's, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, kind of when you think about it as a, as a young man in that family that, you know, USC is closer to home. It's got to be a lot easier to get to, uh, and then the factor of USC is is hot to start the season in Notre Dame's two and two. I don't know how big of a factor that played, but it had to play some role um, in his decommitment. So, yeah, Trey, and then you talked about what's kind of next. Don't have names at this point in time, uh, but we do believe that, um, you know, they, they will replace him. Uh, they'll, they'll go get another tackle, whether it's going and flipping somebody or, um, getting in late with a big time tackle who's maybe narrowed it down to five, but hasn't committed yet. You know, maybe they go that route, or they go the route of finding someone like a Joe Wald a couple of years ago, who was uh, pretty much just a diamond in the rough, and uh, you know was a six seven, two hundred twenty five pound tight end. Uh, and then all these schools are like, hey, we want to turn you into a tackle. You know, maybe Notre Dame goes that route. Hey, thank you, Matthew, for loving the videos. Um, I love it as well. Um, so uh, yeah. That's uh, that that's kind of projection there. They're gonna fill uh, they're gonna fill that void left by page. But again, who it is, you know, very much to be determined. They haven't sent out any new offers yet. 
Yeah, certainly so. And like you said, big shout out to Matthew there in the comments. Thank you for, for the kind words. Guys, get in the comments section. Get your questions in. We're going to be taking questions here in a little bit near the end of the show, your thoughts on recruiting. We want to answer those questions, so be sure to do so. And to get in those comments, you got to be a subscriber. So if you haven't subscribed already, it's as easy as clicking one button, which is kind of reminds me of the $1 deal we have going on right now, Mike, at On3 uh, with blueandgold.com. Just a dollar, guys, for an entire year of coverage. So go check that out as well here. Looking at one of the comments, uh, we got Ryan B. Uh, he's in Phoenix and is from South Bend, so he knows all about that flight here potentially uh, the, the flight that Elijah Page will be making often. But a decommitment, uh, unfortunate for the Fighting Irish um, here. Is, you know, the stars kind of lining up there with Southern California. And, you know, as we talk about another tackle uh, to kind of replace Page here, what is the pitch that Notre Dame has to make? Because like you said, you know, you have two outstanding tackles already a part of the group. How do you sell another talented tackle when, you know, you have two guys that are maybe ahead there in, in the depth chart? Um going to go three words for you well two words and a letter offensive line you that's the pitch you know harry he's didn't build it he's back um it's like look you know come come be a part of it i mean there there's no guarantee that absher and jaggy saw are even tackles like they could play guard so i mean you, you if you want to come be great you you play in the notre dame offensive line like that's that's the pitch, or you just go look at you know the, the highest paid offensive linemen um, in the NFL, and many of them are former Notre Dame players. So it's it's I don't think it's a super hard pitch. Um, now the fact that you're just entering the recruitment now, you know if you're trying to flip somebody or go get some big time talent, that's a little bit more difficult because those relationships aren't there. Um, but you still have a pretty strong pitch because again. You are Notre Dame. Yeah. Now, the NFL talks, looking at some of the salaries of guys that have gone on to the NFL, uh, you know, it's got to be quite the experience to, to be a part of, uh, you know, the offensive line at Notre Dame uh, in general. But there's no experience, Mike, like the experience of being a leprechaun. You are game so day good at these at transitions, Trey. Good for you, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, guys, you're going to want to check out this book here. The Leprechaun's Game Day at Notre Dame is inspired by – Former Notre Dame leprechaun Mike Brown. It's officially licensed children's book that describes the beautiful pageantry of a football Saturday at Notre Dame. You can follow a leprechaun on an adventure from step off into the tunnel and onto Notre Dame's field as he leads the team to an Irish victory filled with delightful illustrations that bring the magic of Notre Dame's campus to life. For young readers, this charming read aloud picture book is a celebration of true fighting Irish spirit and the perfect gift, too, for Notre Dame alumni, families, Fans of all things Irish, all you have to do is visit www.lepgameday.com and enter BG22. Get your author signed copy. I know we talked about it last week, Mike, but the other Mike, Mike Brown, an excellent guy, put a lot of work into this book here. And all you have to do is enter that code BG22 to get an author signed copy today. That's lep-gameday.com and enter BG22 to get that personally signed copy I need to get my copy here, Mike, as I continue to get further entrenched here in Notre Dame recruiting. It's been a lot of fun. And as we kind of reflect on the month of September, just your thoughts here is, you know, this early signing day in December means a lot more than it used to. How is this fall kind of wrapped up in, in September for Notre Dame? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can, can you believe that it's only really two and a half months until National Sign Day? It's like, oh my gosh, so much to do um, for Notre Dame. Some big recruiting weekends. Um, I think Stanford's going to be a big one. Clemson um, in mid-November. Is it mid-November? Nope. First week in November. That's going to be a big one. So um, Notre Dame's kind of setting up for these big recruiting weekends, and those will be big for especially Clemson, the 2024 class, um, 2025 as well. So, um, yeah, definitely something to look forward to. But, um, you know, I there wasn't a lot. Recruiting can be so much about momentum. You know, like Notre Dame will oftentimes try to get their these players to commit in successive days. Like that's, that happened, I think, in a couple stints over the summer. It's like Notre Dame had – three days in a row of commitments or four and a five days. Like they really like that to build momentum and kind of have these days where it's like, look at Notre Dame, you know, like the pot of gold day in March, you know, that's on St. Patrick's day. The fighting Irish have a built-in holiday um, that they're able to use uh, on the recruiting front. So, you know, all about momentum, September didn't really have any, you know, you, you you still are feeling the sting of Keon Keeley's decommitment, the five-star um, Viper, and then um, you have Elijah Page decommit. So it's just like more work to get done, and then I don't think there's a, a whole lot of positive updates about Peyton Bowen and him potentially sticking with Notre Dame. Um, it, not that the, it's any negative stuff, but it's just kind of more of the same. You know, it's just like he's he's visiting Oklahoma. He's visiting Texas A&M. We'll be back in South Bend for the Clemson game in November, which will be great. But how many times is he also going to visit Oklahoma and Texas A&M before then? So, um, you you know, I still think that Notre Dame keeps Peyton Bowen, but um, it's, it's going to be a battle up until National Signing Day. I don't think he's going to rule anything out until he puts pen to paper. Um and yeah, I mean, you had Tayshawn Lyons on campus. You had, um, again, that four-star receiver from Northern California. You had Jeremiah Love, the running back from St. Louis. Stiller battling for those two young men, though. It seems tight between Notre Dame and AM for Love. Even though the Irish offered Jones, I still don't think Notre Dame's out for Love. They're still very much battling for him. And then Lyons just keeps picking up new offers. So that one's not done. So. September was a month that there was not momentum and, and, and not only on the recruiting front, like the, the on the field results did, didn't help either. Trey, I mean, Notre Dame lost to Marshall um, and, and eked out a win against Cal. So um, certainly, you know, not the most positive month for Notre Dame recruiting, um, but hey, October is a new month. And, you know, uh, for the Irish sake, hopefully they're able to close on some good players. Yeah, I think they will here as you know, we get into this month of October. And guys, keep getting those questions into the comments. I see one already. We're going to get to here in a moment. But before we do that, talk about that inconsistency just a little bit more. How does that affect the mind you know, of a Notre Dame recruit that is a perspective of the program right now or guys that are already committed here, just seeing them lose to Marshall and then you know, kind of turn it around, beat Cal, and then go down to North Carolina and get a big win? 
you know, what does that kind of look for this this program due to a recruit's mindset? I don't think I don't I don't know. Not a whole lot. Uh, I always say, like, if, if you're a recruit and you're watching the Notre Dame Marshall game, and they lay an egg um, against the Thundering Herd. I'm thinking to myself, I can, I can play earlier now. So, you know, is the moment the so the momentum thing it's it's kind of hard to quantify or put your finger on it, but I, I know it's important to those at Notre Dame again because you do see the Irish put one to put together those big trail of commitments. And um so yeah, momentum, hype, it's important stuff on the recruiting front. But yeah, I can't I can't quantify it. I can't, you know, um detail exactly what it means if that makes sense um but it, I, I can say that excitement is a good thing like you want notre dame to be exciting if you're you want notre dame to be cool um so when you win that's cool so uh, maybe maybe i can't quantify it try <laughs> that's a good answer it's very cool to win and i think it you know it has that positive effect on recruits but like you said on the other side of that you know i think some of the struggles maybe help them Look at an opportunity there in the future. And let's get to some of these questions here in the comments. Guys, continue to get them in as we roll through it. We got Wicked Bronco Productions. Love the uh, the, the the logo here as well there in the profile picture. Uh, but he wants to know about Jordan Love or Jeremiah Love, excuse me, a little bit further here. Any reason why he would be trending away even? Is it NIL family? Yeah, Jordan Love's quarterback for the Packers, you know, so. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Just, bit, kidding. just mess with you, Trey. Away there from South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> just mess with you, Trey. Um, Texas A&M? <laughs> Texas A&M? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like, I can't speak to what that whole NIL situation looks like, nor do I want to. I don't like NIL and recruiting. I, I don't. Generally speaking, like I, I like NIL and the fact that, you know, I, I saw Brandon Joseph on Instagram, Notre Dame safety. Uh, I think he got a car like, you know, like there or the Notre Dame offensive lineman being sponsored by, you know, the local barbecue place like that kind of stuff is cool. But when it's getting involved in recruiting and, you know, you're talking about buying players, it's, the, it's just the worst. It really is. So, um if and Notre Dame's not doing that, it's Texas A&M. I'll let Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher debate that. Um, but yeah, so why is Love trending away? First of all, I don't know if he really is because I'm told it's a tight battle between Notre Dame and Texas A&M. But it does start to feel like it's it's trending more towards A&M. Um, but definitely not ready to um, stamp that, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, in terms of reason why, it's—I mean—it's just his decision. Like I think the family's very much on board with Notre Dame. Um, I, I feel like most parents are when you talk about that education. Um, but Texas A&M—you know—put NIL aside, it's just more of a glitz and glamour program. Um, the Notre Dame, and, and that's not a bad thing. Like Notre Dame, just can't really compete with, with AM and facilities. Not Notre Dame's facilities are bad, but I, I think it's it's just a fact now. I don't think this is an argument that we can have. It's not a discussion. Like if you know all of those aspects of being a student athlete are really important to you in terms of you know the facilities and you know, the dining halls and all that stuff, then, you know, 
A&M is, is, is just more of a, a landing spot for you than, than Notre Dame. But if you're more into, you know, life after football and the four for 40 approach, then, you know, you love the fighting Irish. Yeah, no doubt guys, nothing like that degree from Notre Dame. And, you know, as we, we kind of look at how NIL has affected things in general, it's, it's crazy to think about the changes, even looking back two, three years ago now to, to see what, what goes on. And like you said, Texas A&M, an appealing school for a lot of these recruits. We saw that yesterday. David Hicks, a guy that a lot of people thought was a lock at Oklahoma, there commits with Texas A&M. Uh, but it, it is going to be a battle here with Jeremiah Love, A&M, uh, and Notre Dame here. And, and not Jordan. Uh, you know, it's still going to be uh, a long time, I think, before we're saying his name. Hey, with Trey. Recruits, like we saw on Sunday from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Trey, I saw someone tweeted me. He was like, um, is, is Texas A&M going to be the first – team to ever put out like 11 uh, just an 11 man defense and it's all defense alignment because i mean they are recruiting so many defensive linemen i mean i don't know if chris if you can pull up the the texas a&m 2022 class and then maybe into 2023 but it's it's insane i mean you got david hicks is a five-star defensive lineman um i want to say maybe do they Okay, they have another uh, three-star defensive lineman um, from the state. But then you look at 2022, you had five-star Anthony Lucas, who Notre Dame badly wanted. He went to Texas A&M. And I do have a point here, and I'll bring it back to Notre Dame. Walter Nolan, five-star. Shamar Stewart, five-star. Levius Overton, a five-star. Um, Gabriel Bronlow Dindy, another five-star defensive lineman. I think that, oh, man, there's Anthony Lucas. N.I. White, uh, an edge, four-star top 100 player. So my uh, thought, there's another. This, is that like seven defensive linemen they signed? I mean, goodness gracious. So for if, thinking back to a now a Notre Dame standpoint, it's like, well, why can't Notre Dame sign a quarterback in this cycle and then get a transfer as well? Like, I... Chris is now showing us multiple other defense alignment. That's like, is that nine? Like, I mean, goodness gracious. Chris is our producer, does a great job. Um, so yeah, why why can't Notre Dame, you know, bring in a little bit more? Or the running back room. We've talked a lot in this show about the running back spot. If Notre Dame is gonna bring in four guys in this class who can play running back, look, I'm all about survival of the fittest, man. This is college football. We're adults. Bring in the best dudes and let the best man win. I don't know if that's old school now. Um I always tell Notre Dame fans on our show that I always have the unpopular opinions, but I feel like that one is a, is a popular opinion for, for Notre Dame nation. Just get as many guys as you can. I, I don't care. Like at the quarterback position, I don't care about dual threat versus pro style. Who's the best quarterback. Like just get the best players in um, and um, you know, coach well and coach to the best of their talents. That's I think that's the formula to winning. Ultimately, if you look at, what is brewed success in this sport? And there's a lot of different examples you could go to. Maybe Nick Saban's program is different than Dabo Sweeney's, but ultimately, you know, Nick Saban decided on Tua Tagovailoa in a national title game when maybe that was an unpopular decision there, but they had the depth to do that. Get as many guys as you can. I think it's a great point. It's been fun to talk about running backs today, guys like Kyron Jones, Brandon Hill, and, and like you said, big shout out to Chris in the background there. Always doing an excellent you job know, of producing. I, I, just, I, I just want to take this real quick from yeah. David. Says some of the D-line will transfer too many miles to feed. That's fine, but you're left with the best ones, right? I mean, some of the D-linemen who are maybe not playing are the ones who are going to transfer, uh, because, and they're not playing. Why? I mean, because the, the, there's others that are better. So 
Um, it could, I mean, it could create a problem because if I'm the top defensive lineman and I'm still getting rotated out, it's like, dude, I want to play more. Like, I don't want to get 30 snaps. I want to get all the snaps. So I, I can see that, but still, I think it's a, it's, it's one of those good problems to have though. Exactly. It's never an issue if it's a good problem there. If you have the kind of depth to do that and you're having that conversation in general, you're probably in a good spot. My dad always said, don't use the word problem. Use the word challenges. And I think that could be a challenge for Notre Dame. It could be a good thing. Uh, you know, if they have that many guys that, that could play on the defensive line here. And we're going to give a second for you guys to get those last minute questions in. And as we do that, Mike, just kind of a preview as we look now into October, what you're looking forward to, what you're excited for. And, and you know, highlight your travels for this weekend. I know you're about to, to get on an airplane here in the next few hours. Uh, yeah, next few hours is right because I'm taking a Friday flight, but it's, you know, 1.30 Eastern time right now as we're recording this and. Yeah, I got a 6.20 a.m. flight. So I th- if it's something like you never like to do the math, if I, if I went to bed right now, it would be, what, like 17 hours of sleep and it's 1.30. So that's – and that's the flight time. I really got to wake up at like 4 in the morning for this flight. So it's even less than that. So that's not fun. And I'm going to be up late because I'm watching my Dolphins are going to lay a whooping down on the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Two time. Yeah, with your boy too. I was not a Tua believer. It was not. I thought he had a noodle arm, and Man. I was like, I don't want 18 of 20 for 78 yards. Seriously, his rookie year, those would be some yeah. lines. It's like, yeah, he's completing 90% of his passes, but for like, you know, 86 yards. But, I mean, I think it was a big deal of Mike McDaniel, the, the head coach, is a believer in Tua, and he got some weapons now. So Start I know this is not a Tua show. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'll be watching the, my Dolphins late. Wake up around 4 a.m. hitting a flight to Dallas Love Field um, and uh, going to see Notre Dame five-star safety commit Peyton Bowen um, and his younger brother Eli is a class of 2024 cornerback target for the Irish. So going to be very exciting um, to see both of those young men hopefully talk to Peyton and kind of get the latest on his recruiting process. But here's something I want to tell Irish fans is Geyer High School is like the biggest media hub I've ever seen. They have tons of talent, but I've never seen so many media members at one high school game. Like every single week, you have these, you have multiple OU and multiple AM reporters and Texas reporters going to Geyer. And obviously the OU, they have Jackson Arnold's their quarterback commit. Um, but you know, the students are also trying to flip paint both. So there's so much media. And now we're gonna have a Notre Dame media. Um, guy at their home game this weekend should be a route in favor of Geyer. Uh, but again, looking forward to that one. Um, and yeah, make sure you go to blueandgold.com. I'm just going to let our YouTube audience know. Might be a little bit of surprise reports. Um, nothing specifically on it has to deal with Bowen, but just just keep an eye on the site, blueandgold.com, Friday evening. Might have something that might just maybe not surprise you, uh, but um, weren't totally expecting. How about that? Yeah, guys, set your calendars there. Get something to look forward to at the end of your Friday. Be sure to check it out, blueandgold.com. Just a dollar for an entire year of coverage. You're not going to find a deal like that anywhere else. So be sure to go do that right now. And subscribe to our channel if you haven't done so already. We appreciate you guys that are subscribed, getting in the comments with us today. We're going to be back next week. Be sure that you guys join us there. And be sure to hit your like button on the way out as well. Help this video grow. Help our page continue to grow. With, with Mike Singer, my name is Trey Yannity. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the Notre Dame Recruiting Update. Until next week, let's go Fighting Irish. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.